It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, Chicago, what do you say? It's the CHGO Cubs podcast presented by DraftKings, America's top-rated sportsbook. Make sure you download the app. Use the promo code CHGO when you sign up. Luke Stuckmeyer, Ryan Herrera, Cody Del Mendo, and we are right on time. It's a beautiful Wednesday we afternoon right in Chicago. It is 120. 120 Where, sharp. There, there aren't people in the chat telling us the we're late. The chat they're is late. late. Yeah, they're late. The chat is late. Yeah, late today. You heard me. Del Lados, we call them. Del Lados, yeah. Del Tardy. Del Tardy. Uh, <laughs> we are continuing our evaluations of some of the positions of the Cubs. We've done left field. Um, we did DH. Now we're going center field and right field today. Uh, we'll have some fun with that. We're also going to talk a little bit about um, Possible realignment suggested by somebody recently, uh, Jim Bowden of The Athletic, and, and what we think of that. And we'll have a little fun maybe with Aaron Rodgers at his expense, <laughs> potentially as well. <laughs> it's always great when it's you at his expense. You can only imagine. You can only imagine. when it's at his best when it's at his expense. <laughs> that's, so, when, that's when Ryan takes the, takes the unbiased down. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> you guys feeling pretty good today? Well, it's 40 degrees, the sun is out, and the snow yeah. is melting. So, yeah. It makes you feel different, doesn't it? Yeah. The sun's out Spring's in the wintertime here, and you're like, I don't care what, how cold it is. The sun's out, I feel different. There's, Spring's coming. There's something I really respect about the people who will like go out of their way to wear shorts on days like this. <laughs> yep. That's when you know you're from the Midwest. Because yeah. people on the West Coast, they see that or hear that, and they're like, well, these people are crazy. Or no jacket. Yeah. I didn't bring a jacket today, and I took the train. Neither Come did on. I. And see, I, I, had a hoodie. Hoodie. I had a hat on. I brought good. a jacket, but I just like, carried it with me and put it on as I walked from my car. And just, it's springtime. I didn't even do well, that. Well, Ryan was driving so fast, he didn't no, even need a jacket. We're going to talk about that. 98 miles per hour. We don't need to talk about that. We don't need to talk about that. <laughs> Uh, all right, Sorry, let's get bud. let's get to it. Uh, let's start <laughs> with center field. Uh, we don't have to give it a grade, but center field is interesting because uh, Jed Hoyer. You know, we talked earlier this week. I believe it was Monday about the John Heyman podcast where Jed Hoyer was evaluating the Cubs, his off season, whatnot, and he actually said that center field he believes is the toughest position now to fill in baseball. With a quality player, he finds that the most difficult position to fill. A, that's why he feels good about PCA coming up the pipe, uh, maybe Alcantara in center field as well, but it's one reason they knew they had to address it. Defense up the middle with, with the adjustments, and they haven't necessarily had a star in center field, right? Like, we, we yeah. did a poll where, like, who, who's – I mean, I think back to Jerome Walton and Bob Dernier. Like, Dex was a unique guy to have for a couple years, Dexter Fowler. And you look at what Cody Bellinger could be, um, you know, he's, he's probably a rental, but he's certainly yeah. an upgrade to what they were doing the last couple years in center field. Yeah. I, we know, hope. <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of people are already convinced that the Cubs are going to try to flip him at the deadline. But I'm not – I think he would have to be – I think he'd have to be, I guess, just just average for the Cubs to maybe do that. But even then, like, I don't know if they would do that because you ain't going to get that much for him. Right. I think If, it, if I he's think, really good, they likely contend mm-hmm. for some sort of playoff spot. Right. And yeah. then why are you trading the guy? Right. So, like, in, to me, that's not even an idea in my head of, of him, of that being a possibility. I think, I think we see Bellinger – in the Cubs uni all season. So, 
Now, if the Cubs are bad and he's good, that some wild shit would really have had to happen. Probably a bunch of injuries or something like that. Now, if he's really if he's like mind blowingly good and the Cubs are bad, maybe you know what I mean. But I I don't. I, I think he definitely does bring a, a different vibe out there that we haven't seen in a while. Even though he hasn't been good offensively the last few years, like he brings experience. He brings like someone he, he brings a mentality from someone who has had great success in the yeah. in, at major league in major league baseball. It's a former MVP. Right. So like that's not like anyone the Cubs have had there really at least in the last, you know, my my lifetime it feels like I can't think of anyone who's played center field for the Cubs that have has been like a perennial all-star MVP caliber player. I mean, a handful yeah. of games for Sammy. That's that's the best they've <laughs> yeah, had, right? Like so I, I don't know. I, I, I think Bellinger makes it all the way through. The only way I could see him being traded is if the Cubs are bad and he is just, like, insanely good, so good that the value is, like, his value is as high as ever and you can get, you get like, a deal that you can't refuse. Mm-hmm. Or if someone, like, that comes up off the, from the farm comes up and, you know, kind of takes that role or – Shows that he can that they they can take that role and the Cubs aren't good. I, I just don't see them. I don't see them moving him at all, just because I think that they'll be good enough to where they're not going to completely sell at the, at the deadline. So you're not buying what Niran is saying in the chat. He's saying he should be flipped for a bounty if he's hot. Oh, no, because like you, you still you still don't know what you're going to get out of PCA eventually. Like, yeah, he's a great talent, you know all this, but we're talking about a guy who's won MVP, who's been an All Star. Like, if he is hot, like, why wouldn't you want to see that through? Well, for if, I, think, I think I can see in the, in the sense that if he's hot and has an awesome year, I mean, he made, what, seven? he's making 17, 17 and a half at least for the year. I mean, he has that, you know, the mutual option, whatever. Buyout, like, it's going to be at least 17 and a half million. And that's after two really bad years. Yeah. So, if he has a good year, if he's even, like, above, just, like, you know, above league average bat, if he somehow is even close to like an all star, he's gonna cash in on that this off season. And are the Cubs gonna be the ones to do it? They may not be. So at, I think what Niran's saying is that if that happens, if he if he gets to the trade deadline and he's hot, like he's had a great year, he's gonna get he's gonna get paid during the off season. Then you have to think about okay, do we want to risk? Do we, do we want to keep him? Like, what's 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 more? Valuable, I guess. Right. At this point, I mean. is, is yeah. keeping him, trying to make a, a playoff push in a year. You may sneak into the playoffs, probably not going to win a World Series, or trading a guy who's playing at the best he's played in three years for a, a really good, you know, a, a really good group of, of prospects or whatever you're getting back rather than risk losing him in free agency in the offseason. I think that's what near, I think Niren falls on one side of it, but that's going to be the, if he's having that kind of season, that's the question that. Yeah, Jed and Carter. I'm not yeah, saying that it's out of the question. Could be a very just, fine line, right? Yeah. Like yeah. if they're near saying if they're 500, well, but is 500 good enough to get you the second wild card? What? How much do you value any postseason experience for guys like Christopher Morrell, Nico Horner, just for building a culture of winning mm-hmm. for the yeah. next great Cubs team? You saw what 2015 did for those young guys it gave them a confidence going into 2016 that they they could have never imagined right Right. so even if even if you get into the postseason and you lose this season there is something to be said for a bunch of young guys coming up to see that the franchise is winning and trying to win again that's that's why a lot of these veteran guys are on the team in general because you could have just repeated what you did last year yeah. yeah, you could have repeated the same thing. It would have been miserable for the fans, but if you don't care about the fans, which I'm not saying they don't, but you could you could have done the same thing. Instead, you're trying to show the next young generation that this is how we're going to win. This is this is how you go about your business. And you know, I saw our guy Dubs in, in the chat saying he loves the fact that PCA has already said. He's going to go to spring training. He's there now, and he's because he's at big league camp, he's going to soak up and watch everything that Cody Bellinger does. Because even if he doesn't play to a big league level, the way he about went about his business at some point in his career made him an MVP. So there's still something to be learned there. That's the more interesting part of the position for me. 
Number one is whether or not he's traded. And that's yeah. That's a that's a fine line for sure. And then number two is if he is traded or if he's just not playing well and he's not giving you anything, who's your backup plan at center? Right? Like if, if Cody Bellinger is just having an absolutely miserable first half of the season, and yes, you've paid him seventeen million, but he's not giving you anything offensively. Well, then you can just make him a glove and defensive yeah. backup. But is it Morell, or isn't Morell kind of going to be getting a shot to be the the regular third baseman? Does that does that open the door for PCA if he's super super hot yeah. to somehow break into the big leagues this season? I Who's think, the backup at center? I I think if you're looking at that, it's going to be probably like a. I mean, I think Morell's in that mix. Nelson Velasquez, he didn't have a great year in center field, but he's probably going to be in that mix. Brennan like Davis, that. when he comes up, probably will be in that mix. Yeah. I think um, PCA has a, has a while to go. I, I don't think it's going to be very very hard to see him get more than like a cup of coffee at the end of the year. Um, they would have so to who's be the most even. likely center fielder after Cody Bellinger? If let's you're talking just about this season specifically, then let's say maybe in, Brandon in Davis. month one he gets hurt. Knock on wood that it doesn't happen, but like. Let's say he high ankle sprain, running in the cold weather in center field. Who's going to play center field for the, for a month? You're probably looking at Morel or Velasquez at this point. But what if Morel wins third base, and you've told Morel you're the third baseman every day? That's what we want you to be. Well, you have to pull him off vers- third base. He's a versatile he, he, he player for a reason. You're going to have to move him off third base. Yeah, because then at least Wisdom can play can play third, and you're hoping that yeah. Wisdom can get back to the 2021 form defensively at third base at least because I have no idea what happened to him at third last year. Barb says call up Davis, put him in left, Hap in center, or just leave Hap as the yeah. gold glover in left and put Brennan Davis in center. Yeah. It, I, but again, huge question, Mark. We have right. to know if he's healthy and right back to normal. I think PCA is definitely like the only way we would see him earlier than what Ryan's saying in terms of, you know, a September call-up there would have to be a major emergency, like injury after injury, performance not playing well enough. Like it, it, and, and all of that while the Cubs also being in it. Until the, until the end of the year, if they're not in it, and they say, okay, we'll give you we'll – we'll see what you can do for a month or a couple weeks, whatever. I, I agree. I, I don't I think just, we see PCA just, really I, at all. I just don't think it's the, the, a good idea to rush him to the big leagues when he's – 21 years and he's he coming off his 21? first first year no yeah he's not even 21 till like april or may or something like, or yeah. march whenever it is like, he's, he's one professional he's 20 season. years old there's no his development there's no yeah. reason to rush him to the big leagues let him let him go through i mean if, if he is so good that he forces your hand late in the year that's a different story but like if we're talking about like mid-season trade debt trade deadline like end of july early august whatever it is don't don't rush the kid like let him develop he hasn't even played a double a yet like yeah. let him develop and go from there. I mean, he's he's your top prospect. He is your number one prospect. He is going to be your center fielder of the future. You know, your perennial gold glove guy out there who, if all goes well, provides a really good bat as well. Like, he's he's your guy. And if you're rushing him to the big leagues just to try to sneak into the play, it's – it's. I understood it when they did it with Morrell last year because they literally needed someone that could come up and play, like, six different positions with all the injuries they were having. But like PCA is your top guy. You don't want to stunt that. You don't want to to rush him. You want him. You want him above anyone to really develop at the pace necessary. So when he comes up, he's ready to go. So yeah. we're gonna say that we'll all agree that Cody Bellinger will play the most games at center field this season, health permitting, and the next player most likely in games played in center field this season will probably be Morrell. Yeah. That's and what then, I would say. and then after that, we don't know if it's Velasquez, Davis, Brendan Davis. Yeah. So for that reason, I would say, if I had to give a preseason grade for for evaluating what they have in center field, I think you could say my grade would be C plus. Yeah. Because I like the the plus part is for the potential, right? C is it's it's an average grade. They have a guy that's trying to re- rebound his career, approve it year. The ballpark should play well for for Bellinger if he can turn it around with the hitting instructors that he worked yeah. with in 
in the Dodgers organization. But there may not be another position on the Cubs team right now that has a, what would you call it, a greater spectrum for how things could go. I'm going to start it in the middle at CC plus, right? Yeah. But if Bellinger is the guy that was the last two seasons and they don't have anybody to come up and you're leaving Morrell at third, I could see how that could teeter to being one of the worst positions for the team. Yeah. And on the flip side, if Bellinger even gets back to an all-star level, somewhere in between, I could see how it would be much closer to a B, B plus, A, or or for some reason he gets back to MVP level or he plays well and they replace him with Brennan Davis, who does a great job. I could see how you could push it all the way to an A. Yeah. But what other position on the team can you really walk into it saying, wow, that could be anything from an A to an F? Third base, maybe? I don't know how you get to an A at third base, though. If Morrell just really takes a huge step. Morrell would have to turn into Mike Schmidt. (laughs) I'm not even (laughs) saying. Okay, I know what you're saying. Morrell would have to have a really, really good season. (laughs) Yeah. I'm not, I don't even I don't I think the ceiling for third base is probably like a Lower. B. It's definitely yeah, that's like what a saying. B. That's right. Uh, for me, I'll give center field right now. I would to me, I'm looking at it from how much better is center field compared to last year? Significantly better. So in terms of getting better at the position, I'll give it a, a B right now. But yeah, you're right, Luke. There is a potential for that to just be not great at all. But also there's great great potential for it to be a huge part in the Cubs being a playoff team this season. So right. for me, I'm, I'm giving it a B because you got, not only did you get better defensively in center field, but you have a guy who has high ceiling in terms of being way better offensively than any, than anything that the Cubs had there last year as well. So um, I, yeah, that's, that's why said, I gave it a B. You said B, I'm, I'm going to say C plus. The plus comes from Bellinger added it boosted that position defensively. Yep. He's he's a he's a solid he may not be I mean he's won a gold glove but I don't I think it was in right field 2019. Uh but he's a good solid center field defender even if he's not at gold glove caliber. I'm going to disagree with Cody in the sense that offensively you got a guy who ha- I don't know that offensively he has boosted anything because he hasn't been that guy in over three years. He hasn't been that MVP guy. He hasn't even been an above average bat in three years. So I can't, you can't say right now that he has done anything to boost that team offensively in center field. And if we kind of look at some of the numbers that, you know, like even Ortega, I think he actually had a better offensive season than Bellinger did last year. So if you're looking at it in that sense, like, if you're looking at just at what what's happened right. in the last couple of years, like you have no idea if Bellinger's going to be better than what Ortega brought you last year. That's offensively. right. That's I why mean, I'm saying the spectrum for it's, it's huge. There is no position on the team that has a greater range for what it could be. It could yeah. be an absolute dumpster fire, yeah. other than maybe okay defensively or good defensively, yeah. or it could be their strongest position on the team. And and then that's what I'm, what I'm saying is, he he could easily make this a very very strong. A position by playing the same kind of defense he's brought, mm-hmm. being healthy, and you know bouncing back from. I don't know he had injuries and stuff that kind of affected him the last couple of years. He bounces back from that and has a really good offensive season. Then you're looking at a, a position where like okay, center field has been set from the start, right? Right. But I don't think you can say that right now because he hasn't done. I mean, he had what like a I think overall WRC plus is like an 82, 83 last year, coming off a season when that was in the 40s. Like he's had two bad seasons at, at the plate in a row. And until he proves that he has, he, he's healthy and he's bouncing back from that stuff, until he starts to prove that, I don't think you can automatically say he, you know, he improves his team offensively. I don't think that. I don't think you can say that until, until you see results on the field. I think his defense alone makes it way better than last year. Well, that's what I'm giving it a C+. I, I would say that they've – I'm going to take back a little bit what, what I said. I said they definitely made center field better. You know what? I don't know if I can even say that. They've increased their depth at center field, and they've increased the potential for center field to be better. So those those are both positive moves. It was it, they were the right moves to make. I I like the move of yeah. Bellinger, def- but we still could end up with it being maybe the worst position in the team. Well, you can definitely okay. The depth at center field last year was Rafael Ortega, Christopher Morel, and Nelson Velasquez. 
This year it's Cody Bellinger, Christopher Morrell, and a com- and a, com- a combination of maybe Brennan Davis or Nelson Velasquez. It's certainly better than what it was last year. And again, that's how I'm looking at it is you definitely feel better about the position going into this year. Unlike last year, when we knew going into this into last season that center field was going to be a huge question for them, and you know, it still is though because I just last season I, I agree the names are better. Yeah, the name. I think at, at the very so, at I least think there's at the very some least, history of success for those guys. At the very least, you're you're getting a lead defense in center field, and I maybe that's not worthy of a B to some people, but to me it is considering how this team is. Is building itself. They they built this team on pitching and defense. When we launched this network, yeah. though, there were there were a lot of conversations about you got to get Ortega at bats to see what we've got there. We <laughs> we might have a guy or Hermosillo. He had a nine hundred OPS in the second we gotta half. Get, of we got to get our guy Hermosillo <laughs> out there, <laughs> right? Yeah. So I mean, it's Stuck, just why are you shooting no, low I'm, blows I'm, at me? I'm not. I'm saying I'm just I'm reinforcing that we could have a dumpster fire. We could have one of the best center fields I in agree. baseball. I agree. It, it could go. That's the range, right? Yes. Uh, now what you don't want to miss out on is having the greatest set of cornhole bags <laughs> and boards in all of Chicago. So if you've already got the best coverage for your favorite teams, you also want to get fitted out the best sports gear round. Foco's got you covered. Soldier Field, living room, north side, south side, hoodies, slippers, signs, bobbleheads, everything in between. You can also get decked out like Demar with apparel from the leader in sports merch and collectibles, Foco. Looking for that perfect gift for a football fan in your life? Foco's got you covered with hoodies to fight the Lake Michigan breeze. Check out Foco.com. Click the link in your description. For all non-presale items, use the promo code CHGO for 10% off. Now, Chi-Town Custom Cornhole, that's where you, that's where you improve your game going into this summer when we get here in the spring. Absolutely. They are the number one cornhole provider for the Chicagoland area and Illinois since 2007. Uh, their signature box style can be digitally printed, covered in vinyl, and painted. Cornhole boards come with built-in drink holders, recessed in on the back, LEDs that light up the hole and exterior, handles for easy carrying, handcrafted scorekeepers, veteran-owned and operated. They ship anywhere and offer local pickups, specializing in corporate designs for your company's next marketing and social event, wedding gifts, Gifts for all occasions, and especially for tailgaters and backyard barbecues. Oh, backyard barbecue sounds so nice right now. They're on the way. It's almost spring. Spring training is next week. It's coming. Go to their website, ChiTownCornhole.com, and make sure to follow them on Instagram at ChiTownCustomCornholeBoards. Tom, good people. Tom's my guy. Good boards. Good boards, good people. Definitely celebrate. Uh, or not celebrate, uh, support, sorry. <laughs> you celebrate him, too. Yeah. I'd throw a party for Tom. <laughs> <laughs> with with Chi-Town custom cornhole boards that we got in the office. That's right. They still look Absolutely. awesome. So we're going to do right field as our next position. But first, I want to do a mystery player. Mystery players for you again, all right? And before we get into diving into right field, I have... Two players, player A and player B. They play the same position. Let's take a look at player A. Slash line, last season of 262, 336, 433. 14 homers, 46 RBI, and a war of two. He played 111 games. Is this B war or F war, Stuck? Uh-oh. Uh, this is a B war. Oh, oh no. Don't tell Corey yeah, and Brennan. Corey and Brennan will be really, really upset with you right now. <laughs> okay, that's player A. Now we're going to see very similar numbers, but slightly better for player B. A slash line of 266, 351, slightly lower at 413. 15 homers, so one more homer. 50 RBI, just a handful of RBI more. 2.2 war, almost the same thing. And player B played eight more games last season. They play the same position, okay? In fact, they both play right field. Who's player A? Who's player B? <sighs> what? So is one player a Cubs player and another player another outfielder? That is correct. Okay. Well, can we put player A back up real quick? Player A. So we got <laughs> – that looks – I remember, I mean, Saya played 111 games last year. I know that off the top of my head. I would Pla- say that's Saya. Player A is Saya Suzuki. Okay. Right? Yeah, I, I remember the, the number 111. <laughs> Just for whatever reason off the top of my head, I remember the number. Ryan lives on – 
baseball reference. I, who I, is no. who Fangraphs, is player Fangraphs. B Fangraphs. though? Who is the right fielder that has almost the same slash line, one more home run, four more RBI, almost an identical WAR, and played eight more games? Their seasons are almost mirror image of each other. And it was an it was an active player last. An season. active player, yeah. Played, National League or American League. National League played 119 yeah. games. This player also had obviously some sort of injury or was uh-huh. called up or yeah, I only played 119. So I'm trying to think of right fielder. <clears throat> um, um, wasn't oh, Willie Carlson? Was it? No. Okay. This player is easily considered a top five right fielder. Oh wow! Okay. Let's see. It's not Mookie Betts. There's no way that's Mookie No, it's not Mookie Betts. Betts. No, it's not Mookie, <laughs> Betts. Mookie not Betts had Mookie. a very, very I'll, I'll, good year. I'll give it. It's Ronald Acuna. Really? Yeah. Well, he was hurt. He, he didn't yeah, start he was the hurt year. A lot. Come, yeah. coming, off, coming off an ACL injury. Similar numbers, yeah. Wow. So I went through these. I went through a list of people trying to evaluate nationally right fielders this year. And everybody wants to rank 1 through 10. You're, you almost don't ever find Seiya Suzuki in that list, okay? Right. I saw one from Odyssey that put him at 10, and I thought, well, it's a Chicago connection. That's why they're putting him at 10. Ronald Acuna is always in the top five. Yeah. And I understand that he has had the success. And if I, had to, if I could pull an even trade for Ronald Acuna for Seiya Suzuki, probably don't would, understand. Yeah. I would make that yeah. trade <laughs> before you could even let the ink dry. However... Saya was also trying to learn on a completely different league in a completely different country, okay? Yeah. And they're both had injuries. Saya had, had the finger injury. So their seasons were limited. They both were dealing with injury. And one guy's trying to get used to a completely different league. Now, everybody thinks Ronald Acuna is going to have a absolute breakout season, bounce back to the guy he was, one of the top players in the league, spark plug for the Braves. I think a lot of people believe Saya will have a better season in Chicago, but I don't hear anybody ever comparing him to Ronald Acuna. Last yeah. year, they were almost the same player. Yeah, I, I definitely wouldn't have. Uh, like, with seeing player B, definitely would not have thought <laughs> no, that was Ronald Acuna. I was shocked. Um, I mean, I mean, knowing that he missed a lot of the season because of the ACL. And, and I thought he played recovery. center field, too. I didn't realize he played um, I, My bad. That makes me, I mean, we yeah, Ronald Acuna, great player, should have a better season. But then when you bring up Sayed, and it's like, he put up those numbers similar to what Acuna did. You know, not exactly the same situation, but, you know, where he dealt with his own injuries on top of all the other stuff he had to deal with coming to America and learning yeah. MLB. Um, I, I mean, he and he had a good season. It was it was his rookie season, technically. Um, I think I, I do think say could have a better season than what he put together. Uh, may not be an all star season or what people would see as an all star season. But if he's giving you like if, he, if he's giving you better numbers than that, if he's giving yeah. you 20 some homers. Right. Like, you'll take that for a guy, again, that would only be in a second season of of what not, is not a completely different brand of baseball. But it's he talked about, like, how, you know, the pitches are different. The pitches are stronger or faster. Like, it's, it is a different brand of baseball than what you get in Japan. So, for sure, he's learning the whole game. He did that for a full year. If he can have an even better second year, I, you definitely take that, even if he's not at Ronald Acuna Jr.'s level. Yeah, even close. Like MLB.com uh, ranked their top 10 right fielders. Again, Say is not on the list. Number one, Aaron Judge, because he had a war of almost 12 last year. <laughs> then Mookie Betts, Bryce Harper. That's, that's probably everybody's top three. Uh, and and, and three have, of the best uh, players in baseball. No question. Then Kyle Tucker, Ronald teams. Acuna, George Springer, Starling Marte, Teoscar Hernandez, Fernando Tatis Jr., they think will be moved to right field yeah. uh, by the Bogart signing. And then Hunter Renfro is who they had at number 10. Um, you know, I just, A, I look at that list and say, there is potential for Saya to really improve the Cubs with a better season this year. Yeah. So I love that. At the same time, I also look at that list and go, Judge, Betts, Harper, Tucker, Acuna, Springer, Tatis. Man, right field is a deep position yeah. in the major league. Just like shortstop is, some of the best players in baseball are in right field. 
So the Cubs may not have that, but if say it could meet them somewhere in between. Well, I'll say this much <clears throat> in terms of war, uh, which, you know, a lot of you nerds like to use that as a the, the deciding <laughs> point on who's good and who's not. Um, Bryce Harper 2.4 war last year. I'm assuming this, if this is from MLB, they're probably using F war. I don't know, but either way, a lot of that is because. So maybe he, my, maybe, uh, no, mine, mine was B war. Where I took <laughs> mine was B war. Well, what I'm, what I'm saying, the only reason that is a 2.4 is one because he got hurt. And he could literally, they had to DH him all season. He, if the DH wasn't a thing in the NL, he wouldn't have been able to play. Um, and he's going to start the year on the shelf this year, too. And Fernando Tatis Jr. is going to start the year on the shelf because he's still suspended, I'm pretty sure, right? Isn't he, Cheater. The, yeah. Yes. I'm going to start the year, yeah. I think it's yeah. like eight games or right? something small. It's not, a, it's not a lot, I don't believe. Starling Marte, 3.0 war. I mean, he's getting old. He's getting older. Like I think there's definitely, I by the end of the year, I I think you could see Seiya Suzuki sneak in here if he if he does take that next step, like we all think he can. Um, you know, I look at names like Kyle Tucker though. I think Kyle Tucker can honestly. I think Kyle Tucker could finish in the top three of those because he had he was such he was he was he was a stud in the World Series. And yeah, he seems like someone who's going to break out for the Astros even more this year, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. And of course, Ronald Acuna. Definitely primed to, you know, get back to, like, the, the player that he was coming off that injury. Um, I, don't see, so yeah. I don't see a shot for Saya to break the top five no. personally. I see top ten, though. But if he could break into the top ten on a, a lot of lists, it would show that the Cubs have <laughs> a bright future in right yeah. field. Because he's not, he's not that old. I mean, he's 27. Five years. That'll yeah. be the, the second year of his five year, $85 million deal. No, he's 28. He'll be, he'll be 28, or he is to right. He just turned 28. Yeah, he'll just be 29 20. in August. Yeah. So if I had to give a preseason grade for right field, B minus. But I don't think the range is for great to dumpster fire, is it, that, that doesn't happen in right no. field. I don't see how, you know, Sam might be able to take me to a B plus. Maybe he takes me to an A minus. But if I'm comparing him to the rest of the league, that's why I think B plus B is probably a peak for that for this season, even though I think he can have a really good season. And the downside, I don't see it being worse than a C. Well, if we're going to look at it like we did center field, like who's the backup if he gets hurt? Well, that's, that's I mean, that's Mancini could play some right. Yeah. Brennan Davis right. could probably play there, too, if he can play center. I think I think you're looking at, again, like a Nelson Velasquez is your backup mm-hmm. in that position. Mm-hmm. Um, didn't have a good – didn't have a very good year last year. I think he was, like, below and – I think he had a negative war and negative – not negative, but below 100 uh, WRC+. plus. Like, he didn't have a great year. No, he wasn't. Um, but he was, a, he was a pretty solid prospect when he came up. Maybe he wasn't ready for it. Yeah. And I, I think you're looking at it. If, he, if he's not starting the season in AAA, which he might, he's like probably your backup right fielder for Saya. Um, but it's not going to be a point where like you're making sure you're getting him in. So Saya, you know, it, it's like it's going to be a point where like Saya is probably going to play every day unless he needs like an off day here and there. Uh, and that's when a guy name? like Nelson uh, might come in. Deluzio, the backup outfielder they brought in. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's a guy we didn't mention for center field. I mean, they brought him in as a backup outfielder, right? Like, right. You, you Mancini's yeah, fast yeah. and probably can defend pretty well. That's Mancini's probably, probably if you had to list it as he he's probably your fourth outfielder, yeah. right? I, he has versatility to play other positions. He could be your DH, but if he's not your fourth, then then you're talking about that other group. It's Velasquez, Deluzio. It's maybe Brendan Davis if he comes up. Yeah. Well. You know, as far as a grade, like, the difference between right field and center field is that even though, say, Suzuki perhaps didn't have the type of season you were hoping going into year one, I don't, I don't know what anyone's expectations for him because you just didn't know what you are going to get from someone from coming over from Japan. I will say that his, his month of April was awesome. He won Rookie of the Month. Then he got hurt, came back, struggled. In, well, great month of April – struggled because the league adjusted then he got hurt came back and then it was kind of hot and cold for a little bit and then in that second half he found he found mm-hmm. it he found it somehow like he was he was consistently a threat in the in the batter's box for the Cubs and you're taking that momentum from the end of last year into this year and you you can 
and you're hoping the defense comes around this year too, That's because it. he was a gold glove type right fielder in Japan. So to me, yeah, I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm with you. Like B minus is probably where we're at with a ceiling of, of an A minus probably. But a higher floor than you have in center field. But I don't think it goes – like, I would be mind blown if it – if it went lower, like if that grade went lower than a B minus, I think we at least get the same numbers from last the year. The ceiling's not as high as center, but the floor is certainly higher yeah. than center and, field. And I wasn't surprised by his bat in his first major league season because I think we we expected some inconsistency. Yeah. And we we expected him to go through some ups and downs because it was his first season in the big leagues. I was surprised that the defense didn't translate for him for whatever reason. You know, not that it was horrible, but I think there's as much or more room for improvement for him defensively as there yeah. is offensively. Yeah. Well, it's also like, like right field, that Wrigley field is tough. Tough. Oh. And when you're you're learning that, but then you're also learning it for the first time in like April and in May, like yeah. when the wind is howling every day pretty much. Like it, it makes sense that it didn't translate right away. I think he got a great arm. He showed off he had, the arm. Yeah, and they had, and they had sold him on the weather's pretty nice in the spring. Yeah, right. <laughs> they, got, they got that they got that one really that really, really nice uh winter day. I um, I, I hope that I hope that he really does take off this year because he's got yeah. the personality to be a real fan favorite, not only for the Cubs but in all of baseball. Um Garrett mentions Darius Hill. Um, minor leaguer played all three spots last year. Um, hits the ball really well. It's, it's one of those things where he's not on the forty man, so he's probably not probably not going to start the season in the big league roster. Um, if they were to call him up, it would take some you know roster maneuvering and stuff, that kind of stuff. So, um, how old is he? Twenty five. He's twenty five, so he's still relatively young, I guess. Hasn't made his big league debut. Youngish. Um, yeah, youngish, uh, but he he's a guy that you know he's he showed out pretty well last year. If he does that again, like you could probably see it eventually. Um, it's just gonna take some maneuvering, so I won't. Not that I'd keep him out of that mix. It's just right now he's probably looking at starting the year in the minors and then kind of. I think of he could be someone like what Morell was last year. Like people know the name, but like don't know it like we know PCA or Brandon Davis. Help himself by having a great spring. Yeah. You know, there's a bunch of yeah. those guys, whether it's Velasquez or Hill or Brendan Davis. There are a lot of younger or youngish guys that could really help themselves by going to Mesa and having a good Cactus League season, showing something while yeah. they're there, like trying to separate themselves from that pack. Say a 14 homers last year, considering he only played, you know, what did I say, 119 games? No, 111 games. Um, I would, I'd be surprised if he's healthy this season if he doesn't hit at least 20. I don't know what the preseason projection is on him, but I would say if I had to pick over under 20 home runs, I would go over for Seiya Suzuki this season. Me too. He is right now projected at 21. I'd go, I'd go, I'd go over 25 if he can stay healthy. You'd go over 21? If you had to place the wager, you'd go over 20. If it was at 25, you'd take the over. Yeah, I'd take the over under 25. Because, again, he played 111 games, so if he stays healthy and he doesn't – do we all think that he's going to go through those ups and down stretches again? Like, I guess it could happen, but I'm choosing to believe that he's going to take that momentum from last season into this season, and I think he could be a major power threat for the Cubs this year. If he hits 26 home runs, he's in the top 10 in the right field. He'll, yeah. he'll move into that top 10 list if he hits 26 home runs this season. I just think this, like, just being able to stay healthy, if he can play 145 games, I think that he could do it. Hey, please make sure you subscribe, by the way, to the YouTube channel for yes. CHGO. Give us the thumbs up, the five-star likes. I see Michael Collada saying he'll make you an offer you can't refuse. Hit the like Hit button the like for the show today. I, uh, What's it going to cost you? Nothing. I saw one comment in there uh, from... Uh, it was De La Cruz. Yeah. Uh, I lost it, but De La Cruz it had something to do with uh, – I wish I could remember what it said. But it was from De La Cruz, and uh, now I feel really dumb for forgetting it. All the way at the bottom? It was at the very bottom. Right there. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Ump squeeze say all season. He was he had awesome strike zone recognition, and it's true. Like the amount of times I we watched him strike out looking because the ump made a bad call, especially early. Especially yeah. early, you know. 
I think that impacted him a little bit. I know mm-hmm. the injury did too, but early on when he wasn't looking at video, when he the first month of the season, the times that he struck out looking, you were like, well, he, he's right. It was a ball. Mm-hmm. He didn't swing at it. But I think after a while, he started to lose a little faith in, in the major league umpires. <laughs> and he started to expand his zone a little bit. Because yeah. he was getting rung up so many times on a borderline call. He wasn't as good at identifying that and staying within the strike zone later in the season. I believe the numbers would back me on that. Yeah. I, I, don't, I remember him talking about uh, kind of around the time he got injured. Um, and he was talking about that he didn't want to try to adjust to that kind of stuff. Right. Like he wanted to, you know, he, he knows his strike zone. He knows what the strike zone should be. And he didn't want to, like, try to f- adjust himself to fit that kind of stuff. So like he was still right. going to have the same approach that he had. He was sticking um, with that for a long yeah, time. Yeah. He may – I don't think he ever got egregiously, uh, you know, chasey or anything like that. Like, he may have done that a little later in the season. Um, <laughs> but then, I mean, even that September, he had a really good September. So, like, he yeah. – and finished the year on a high note um, as far as, you know, at the plate, high note. Um, so you hope that he could drag that into, you know, keep that going through the offseason, do his work. And now he's in Arizona now. We saw those those pictures from Rich, Looks our friend jacked. Rich. Or no, was it from Rich? No, I think he tweeted it out himself that he was going to Arizona. Oh, yeah. Um, but he's there. Yeah, he looks jacked. So, I mean, yeah, he, I think I think at, that, at best the Cubs just hope that he can kind of carry what he did at the end of the year, bring that right into the beginning of the year, and then improve upon that as well. See, yeah. now there's a spring training story we could do. Yeah. If we could if, – if you could – Ryan, when you go, if you could talk Saya into working out together, just pump some <laughs> iron, you know? Throw some plates on there and be like, show me what you go out do. there and we'll, tell we'll them that together. I go out there and tell them that I'm taking the over on 25 homers this year. Like that's how okay. much I believe I have in him. Right. We'll both put 275 on the bench and see <laughs> who could do more. Uh, super <laughs> chat from our guy Fernando. He says too much math. No one said there was math today. That it, <laughs> point taken. You're right. Yeah. We, don't, we did we don't, do a lot of math there. We don't math. What we do is wager on DraftKings. Cody, do you have a DraftKings pick of the week for us? Well, guys, you know it's the it's Super Bowl week, right? And oh, yeah. uh, I have put mucho thought into this, um, but on Sunday I will be riding the Philadelphia Eagles money line minus one twenty five. Uh, I hate Ooh. betting against Patrick Mahomes, but I am going to do it. Um, I just think their team better is it better overall than the Chiefs. Chiefs coming in with some with their some receivers banged up. Uh, And outside of Chris Jones, their defense isn't very good. So if the Eagles are able to sustain Chris Jones, I think the the Eagles will be able to not only run it all over their defense, uh, but also get move the ball through the air. Frank Clark, Frank Clark's good. Well, yeah, okay, they have they have more than Chris Jones, but I I think the Eagles' defense is better than the Chiefs. I think they have a better offensive line than the Chiefs, and also they stop the run. So if they're able to stop Pachenko. Uh, unlike the Bengals were, then I think that they can win. So I'm taking the Eagles. Uh, remember, the only Super Bowl that Pat- Patrick Mahomes has won is when he faced Jimmy Garoppolo. And this is coming from an Eastern Illinois alum. I love Jimmy Garoppolo. He's going up against Jalen Hurts this time. Put some respect on Jalen Hurts' name, man. The guy is yeah. a stud. And you know, DraftKings also has some like cool like the, the boosts that they're putting mm-hmm. up, like the daily ones, bet this by like 8 p.m. or whatever it is. Before you know, It's mm-hmm. obviously not a Super Bowl day, but like, they had the other day, um, plus a hundred. They boosted to plus a hundred. Jalen Hurts and Miles Sanders one plus rushing touchdown, like to plus a hundred. I like those odds. Yeah, I like that. They had. Whatever. I'm also taking tails in the coin flip. I'm gonna do that too. I'll tails to never fails. Tails. Guys. Tails never fails. Tails never fails. I'm also, gonna have nine wagers on the Super Bowl. You're gonna have, you nine? have nine. Yeah, because I I'm finally signing up with the DraftKings app. Okay. Oh. I'm gonna I'm gonna get my five dollar bet. I'm gonna place it. Maybe right after the show, if I sign up that quickly, and then I get my two hundred dollars in free bets, which is eight twenty-five dollar bets. I'm gonna go bam, 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 bam. Oh, wow. Now the question is, should I take for my eight bets that are two hundred bucks? Should I throw that on some parlays, or should I just play straight twenty-five dollar bet, hit the over here? So, simple stuff like I'll take the over, I'll take this guy to score a touchdown, I'll take the well, Point for, flip for the because, and I'm saying this because I know I understand how 
those free bets work. For the sake of value alone, you should not place one of those $25 bets on anything at minus money, if that makes any sense. Like like the Eagles on the money line are minus 125. You should, instead of taking that, you should take – you should do a parlay. You should do a parlay of oh, the no. Eagles to win and for, you know, add a throw in a prop in there, and then you'll get plus money. Now you've totally confused me. <laughs> I'm just saying, like... We may have to have a, uh, uh, a Zoom sit because down you don't, on Saturday. Remember, you don't get the $25 from the free bet with it. You get the, you get the money that $25 will create. Will create. Ah. That's what you'll get. So that's why I'm saying you got to do things with plus money because you'll get more in return. Gotcha. All right, all right. I, I, I follow you now. Devontae Smith, first touchdown. Boom. Oh, there wow. You go. There it is. I do like that, actually, Devontae Smith. I, I've, I've, every parlay I've put on, like, the Eagles in the playoffs has had Devontae Smith in there. Yeah. Uh, it hit one time, but it was any time score, not first touchdowns. You, first. Should, you should go to game time and buy tickets to the game and just go. To Super Bowl game? Super Bowl. I mean, if I'm there, you know, so if spring training starts on, I think the official day is Wednesday. Yeah. Like three days before that. It's You're ready there. I might as well go, right? Um, I could look on game time. I don't know how expensive those tickets are going to be. I don't know, but, but the way you drive, you could be in Arizona by tonight. That's true, and Game Time might have really, really good tickets. That's so true. Uh, good deals on tickets. Game Time is the hottest new ticketing site that makes it easier than ever to score the best deals on tickets to sports, concerts, and shows. Ever dreamed of sitting in a seat you never thought you could? The 50-yard line, courtside, behind home plate, floor seats at a concert. It's possible with the Game Time app. The biggest last-minute price traps can be found on the seats you thought you could never buy. You won't find a better deal this season on Cubs tickets, Sox tickets, the rest of the Bulls season, the rest of the Blackhawks season, and then you look in the fall, the Bears go, you know, the sky, when, the, when the Sky start playing, those kind of like, – every team Roster. in Chicago that you need, you get, find the tickets on game time. It's, game time is created by the fans and for the fans. It guarantees the lowest price. If you love CHGO, then you'll love game time. The best way to support us is by buying your tickets through the link in the description – Join over 15 million people who have downloaded the GameTime app and score the best seats to all your favorite events. I got to get a screen grab of what Mike Dubs is <laughs> suggesting because I'm going to place the Mike Dubs wager. <laughs> Take the Eagles, minus one and a half, hurts anytime touchdown, two-leg parlay. Done. I do like that. However, Done. I will... call it the Dubs special. You'll get you'll get more you'll get more value if you take the one and a half, but I like if the Eagles only win by one point, you're gonna hate life. So that's why I do yeah. I will I would do Eagles money line and then and, and hurts to, to score a touchdown. Hmm. You won't make as much money as if you did the one and a half, but just like by a few bucks. Colada said he'll be watching game seven of the twenty sixteen World Series on Sunday. Drinking Goose 312. Very good. Um, if Corey was here, we would ask him what exactly happened in Game 7 of 2016 World Series. That, that we would ask Corey. We would, we would yeah. ask Corey because Corey would know, but yeah. you, want to, you want to fill in for him? The the Chicago Cubs won the World Series on November 4th, 2016. November 2nd. November 2nd. Sorry. I get my days mixed up. November 2nd. It's all debatable. When did it start? At 11.45 p.m. Yeah. Central Standard Time. Some say November 3rd because it was after midnight in sure. Cleveland, but... Sorry. Do people forget that? People do, in fact, forget that. It's a shame that people do, in fact, forget that. <laughs> hey, speaking of 2016, happy birthday, Joe Madden. 68 Ooh, today. 68. 68 or 69? Uh, oh, he's 69? He's 69 nice. today? It's nice. a nice day for him. Very nice. 68. Very Let's good. Shout out to uh, a friend of the program, yeah, Joe Madden. 69 today. Uh, <laughs> obviously one of the most <laughs> yeah. eccentric Managers in Cubs history, maybe not the most eccentric, but certainly on the list. Um, speaking of eccentric, did you see our guy Aaron Rodgers has gone complete loon now? <laughs> and by our guy, I mean your guy. He's not, not my, my guy. guy. This, this not my dope guy. Not even close went to my from guy. doing his ayahuasca thing or whatever that is in Peru where, you know, he, he, he made love to his relatives and all this weird stuff that he talks about, like, now he's saying that he's going to do an isolation darkness retreat. Have you heard this? Yes. Uh, At, I'm he's, Pat McAfee. He's going to go to a small house with no light, no sound, nothing at all. His only interaction with the outside world for four days is going to be a two-way slot in the door that's used to drop off his food. <laughs> 
I genuinely, how did this guy ever get good at football? I genuinely, He's a complete nut job. I genuinely <laughs> really thought of Sandra Bullock in Bird Box. Like, just putting the, the thing over his, his eyes so he just can't see. Because, like, how do you, how do you live in, in the dark for that long consistently? With, like, you, you're going to open a door and the sun's going to peek through at some point. You know what I mean? I yeah, know. I mean, crazy. He said, I've, quote, I've had a number of friends who've done it and had profound experiences, end yeah, quote. Maybe, maybe they hallucinate because there's no light and they have no yeah. idea what's going on. So real quickly, which Cub player in history or current which you, would you least like to be locked into a dark house for four straight days with only a slot for food? I got a couple I could think of. Big Z is one because if Big Z got irritated by the darkness, <laughs> he's just going to start swinging, and sooner or later he's going to connect. John Lackey might be another <laughs> one because he's just going to be asking for hard-boiled eggs. <laughs> you know, and the smell alone right there is going to be terrible. Uh, Farnsworth's another one. All the juice he's done in his career, lifting all those weights, the, the rage that he could be building up yeah. by the time he uh, – that could be bad news. I want to use recent Cubs. I, I don't know if I'd want to like, – me personally, I, I couldn't be in a, in a dark room with Wilson Contreras right now. So. Oh. Because he's in St. Louis now. Mm. Yeah, I couldn't do Boy, it. Boy, it could be some profound meditation, we, though. There'd be yeah. a lot of yelling, a lot of screaming. That could be a very good like, Bradley's trip a good for answer. you two to like – Milton Bradley's also a good answer. It would be, it would be actually – I think it would be good for you because you, it would be just you and Wilson – in the room, no, you know, no connection to the outside world, just you and him. Eventually, you'd have to talk out your problems, and that might be good for him. You know, it's it's, it's like therapy. That's a that's a good spin zone, but actually, Madden would be both fun and tough. Madden would be fun because he'd have a lot of a lot of fun conversations and a lot of great <laughs> stories. At the same time, he likes to talk so much that at some point, he'd probably drive you crazy in total <laughs> darkness. Yeah, and then you wouldn't be able to do what you you set out to do and. The, the entire experience. Oops. Uh, the whole oh. chat is saying Milton Bradley. Yeah, <laughs> Milton Bradley's the answer. <laughs> so, yeah. Thank you, thank you, Dubs. All right, uh, we got we have we have nine minutes left, and Cody saw the Jimbo article in the Athletic where he says, you know, expansion's coming. He believes it's going to be Charlotte and Nashville, and when it does, he wants Major League Baseball to totally realign everything. I think a lot of people believe if expansion comes, especially with the way they're going with the schedule this season, that it's very likely that they may at some point go to what the NFL is, two conferences where you're just playing conferences and meeting the World Series that way. He's suggesting a Midwest division. He's suggesting eight four-team divisions. The Cubs division would be the Midwest division, the Cubs, the White Sox, the Brewers, and the Twins. What do you like about it? What do you hate about it? Well, I think the number one thing is they don't have the Cardinals in there. That's, is that's that a like or a hate though? That's a hate. That's a, that's a pretty historic rivalry. Like you go, obviously Yankees and Red Sox are number one, but I think the Cardinals and the Cubs are right up there. Right? It's up there. Yeah. The Cardinal Cubs Cardinals is right up there, and to get rid. I mean, I I, I guess <clears> we're kind of getting into a sense where like even the divisions don't like as they're currently constructed don't matter as much just because they're now they're playing every team every mm-hmm. year. Less division games, you know, whatever. I think it's thirteen division games, something like that, on the year. Um, so, or which I like. like per, I like know, the, what they're trying this. I think year. it's thirteen per division opponent or whatever it is. Um, which, I, yeah, I, I agree. I like that because then you get to see them play everyone every year. Um, I forget where what was my train of thought going. Well, I, I forget you, where I was. Do you at. like the idea but, of a but, fourteen yeah, division? There you go. But okay, yeah, so divisions don't mean as much even now, and they definitely will then. But at the same time, not having the Cubs and the Cardinals in a division, probably playing more than, you know, Cubs playing the Cardinals more than they'd play every other team out, outside of the division, like, that needs to happen. I think that's a, that's a division, or that's a rivalry that has to be kind of kept, kept well, together. He moved, them to the, he moved the Cardinals to the Southwest Division, and the teams in there do make sense. Astros, Royals, Cardinals, Rangers. You're going South Central, right? You're taking the two Texas teams. And then you're taking the two Missouri teams. So I see how the Cardinals do fit in there. I mean, do I see how the Cardinals fit in with that group just as much as I see how the Twins and Brewers fit in with the Cubs and White Sox? Yes. I don't – I don't – my my. it's not even just Cubs – 
Cardinals in this, but the also Giants and Dodgers aren't in the same division in this realignment either. It's tough, too. But then there's some clear East – well, I guess it's all geographical, but they have one division that has Mets, Yankees, Red Sox, and Phillies, which, honestly, that, that'd be a cool division. I won't lie. That, that, that would be intriguing. But, like, you just need more consistency of divisions like that, in my opinion. At I, least everybody I, in the divisions in the, in the in the Midwest division, everybody's in the same time zone. Yeah, that that's good. I yeah. I just I'm I can't not have the Cardinals in there. I, I'm sorry, you you got to have the Cardinals in there. Half the reason that I'm a Cubs fan is because I love to hate St. Louis. Not twenty five percent, whatever. I I, I th- that's part of the fun. The part of the fun of, is is being able to hate the team that you're a rival to. I, yeah. that, that's that that's sports. That's fandom. Um, so yeah, it just doesn't wouldn't feel right. And then someone said in the chat that uh, because of the realignment or the current playoff format right now makes divisions stupid or whatever, meaningless and stupid. That that's not true because we've seen teams win the division and have a, a record worse than teams that have gotten in with at the, in the wild card because they're in a shitty division. It does it does matter if you win the division. In it's some in some like weird way like it. I don't I don't necessarily agree that that should be a thing, but it it is the way that it is right now. So it does it the way that it is right now. It it, it does mean something to win the division because you you're guaranteed a top four seed in the playoffs. So yeah. uh, for your for your like for I American think, League or National League, I think no divisions at all would be weird. I agree. Yeah, there's some, just like, two there's, conferences where where it's broken I, up. I, I, I feel think like that's like, strange. Like. Do you think conferences in the NBA like do do you do you think that makes that league better? Like I don't think so. In the NBA, the reason the NBA is so popular today in in this country and just globally is because of the players. They are very popular. They have a lot of popular athletes. Baseball is different. Ba- the 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 well, you baseball, play series first of all. You're not well, just playing one game and moving on to the next city. Fair, but also like I just feel like in baseball, Major League Baseball, it's so regional. Mm-hmm. Like, very few teams are, or very few people from Illinois are going to tune into the Kansas City Royals, for example, unless they're from Kansas City and just happen to live here. Like, it's very few people. People like here, people are watching the Cubs, the White Sox, maybe Milwaukee, and maybe St. Louis. Like, again, regional. Like in the NBA. Those that's different in the conference, like the conference thing that they have set up. Like, let's be real, no one really gives a shit about the standings until like after the All Star break. Yeah, you know what I mean. And and real baseball fans care about what's what the division looks like, what's going on from opening day until the end of the year. And to me, that's what like kind of does make baseball or MLB a little bit better than the NBA, because. The, the people that whatever team they like they're they're hardcore supporting that team through the entire thing and I just feel like in the NBA it's just a little bit more ah oh, well this guy's playing well right now and they're talking about him on first take so I'm gonna tune into this game tonight because I'm interested to see what he's gonna do like and I'm not trying to say that the Bulls are not as big as the Cubs I'm just saying that like I think the NBA is driven by players and I, I think that I think baseball is driven more by the teams more than the players so to me, divisions and all that stuff means something because the fan bases hate each other. Those divisional rivals, they mean something more than like yeah. no one talks about the Bulls rivalry with the Pistons anymore. It's been dead since Isaiah or since the Bad Boys were put to bed. Like like the what is who is the Bulls real like the, the most recent real rival that they had? Yeah. Probably Miami when <laughs> LeBron was there. Enough. They yeah. haven't been good enough to have a real rival. They, well, the, the Cubs, it, it was the Cubs Mi- historically it was are never LeBron good. And in, Miami. Yeah, well, that's my point though. The Cubs historically are never good. Yet we all still care about beating the Cardinals every every year. I don't care if they realign the divisions. I don't. I don't care if they add teams. I just want them to cut the season to 120 games. Shorten the season so we're not playing in in freezing cold weather at the end of March and early April and start the postseason earlier. Baseball's meant to be played in warm weather. Yeah. Why do you play the most important games of the season when it's practically ready to snow in the fall? Yeah. That's true. I 
pitch clock just, not enough for just you? to keep the numbers consistent. I don't and know. It, well, really, it's about money. Pitch I don't clock think isn't it's, enough for I, you. No, pitch clock's not enough. Game, yeah, well, we could really add think... things up, 120 games, and make them two hours apiece. Now we got ourselves a season. I don't think cutting it down to 120 is good. I I feel like starting the season like mid to late April would be fine. Cut it to 150. Yeah, like 10 games, I think would be fine. Never happened. Or, add, happen or add more double. If headers. anything, they're going to add more. But games. it is never going to happen. I mean, they have already. If you look at the playoffs, they have added more games. Yeah. So, never gonna happen. What is going to happen is we will sit down with Hayden Wesneski in the CHGO Cubs podcast coming up Thursday, one twenty live on YouTube or downloading, of course, for our friends at Spotify, Apple, wherever you get your podcast. So get ready for that. We're going to have a good time with the Cubs pitcher, another guy that could really have a breakout season. Like, and a lot of people are expecting big season out of Hayden Wesneski, just like, say, a Suzuki, and maybe, hopefully, Cody Bellinger. We'll see. Um, so we'll see at 1.20 tomorrow. Thanks to everybody that joined us in the chat today. We appreciate it. Uh, always a good time. A lot of good comments today. Make sure you hit the like button on the way out. And thanks for checking out the CHGO Cubs podcast presented by DraftKings. America's top-rated sportsbook. Make sure you download the app. Use the promo code CHGO when you sign up, and we will see you, see you here 120 Thursday for Hayden Wesneski. Until then, fly the W.